It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com and we are live. Hello, good evening and welcome to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and once again, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, one of my favourite pundits in the whole wide world, uh, <laughs> former Arsenal man, someone whose opinion I value so much, Adrian Clark. Welcome back, mate. Uh, you got a low bar, Harry, but I'll take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delighted to have you on board again, my friend. Um, how have you been, first of all? Yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. Obviously, yeah, still smiling despite uh, last night's result and and sort of you know so so performance. But yeah, no, all all good. Obviously, into the full swing of it now with, with so much football going on. It's 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 a struggle to keep up with everything, but doing my best. It feels relentless at the moment, doesn't it? It feels like there are no days off. They literally aren't. It's, <laughs> oh, it's no such thing as it's no such thing as a day off. But look, we, we don't have proper jobs, do we? This, this isn't a proper <laughs> job. Talking and writing about football, it's uh, it's an absolute privilege, isn't it? So look, I'd look, I'd work every day of the week. Don't, don't tell Mrs. Yeah. Clark, but you know, I'm more than happy to work every day of the week covering football. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't imagine my missus is watching. But there are days where I say. Oh, I've got to watch that game because I'm working on it. When I'm not, I just want to watch the game in peace. Um, outrageous, mate. Yeah, outrageous. <laughs> Great stuff. Right, um, let's get straight into it. Of course, uh, Arsenal went to Anfield, suffered a defeat. It was a, a respectable defeat when you think about some of the defeats that we've had at Anfield in recent times. What was your overall thoughts on, first of all, the way Mikel Arteta set up the team? There was no Gabriel. Mohamed Elneny was included. A couple of surprises in there, maybe. Did you see them as surprises and what did you make of the initial selection? Um, I, yeah, I saw the Elneny one as a, as a big surprise because I, th- I think Danny Ceballos has, has looked sharp. He's been in good form. And in fairness to him, he's he's been defensively... Reliable, I think, in in some of the big games. So yeah, that one that one took me caught me off guard. I think that selection. Obviously, it worked okay in the Community Shield, but look, Liverpool weren't at full tilt in that Community Shield. It was an easier game. Um, so yeah, that that was a surprise. G- Gabriel was a surprise because he's been playing ever so well, hasn't he? And wasn't I don't think it was any kind of reflection on his form. It's just a case of David Luiz was the proven guy in those big matches, wasn't he? And, and and in in the heart of a back three, with Tierney one side holding the other, it's worked before. And I guess that Mikel was thinking it can work again and, and we'll give Gabriel a watching brief. You know, tough game for him to come into early on in his time in the Premier League. But look, I think on reflection, he would have started Ceballos. And maybe on reflection, gone with Gabriel as well. I think, I think he could have coped with it. I really do. It's... It's a bit of a quandary, isn't it, for him? Because David Luiz is, was a fixture last season in the middle there with Tierney to the left at times. What's going to happen now? Because Gabriel, those are his positions. At the moment, it seems like Rob Holding's got a free ride as the right-sided centre-back with Saliba not, obviously not deemed quite ready. So, um, yeah, interesting dilemma for the coach. Do you feel like Gabriel was left out because of the, 
it's so clear that Mikel Arteta wants us to play out from the back. Mm -hmm. And and there's a big emphasis on the right-sided centre-back, almost when receiving the ball, looking to the wide area straight away. Mm -hmm. Do you think the fact that Gabriel's left-footed has has prevented um, Mikel Arteta going with him? Because defensively, he's looked good, hasn't he? He has, yeah. I mean, he's he's got all the attributes. He's, He's not been flawless. But he, he's, by and large, been, been good and he's strong and aggressive and he's quick and athletic. He's got all those qualities that we kind of have missed and lacked in recent times. Um, I think it's a reflection of Kieran Tierney, to be honest. I think Tierney was so good in those big games up until last night. Six appearances at centre-back, six wins, if you include the, the penalty win uh, in the Community Shield. So he, he'd had an impeccable record there next to David Luiz. So I got, I got the selection. Um, but it but it felt to me as if he could have gone with Gabriel in the middle and left David Luiz out out of the game and and just you know eased him back over a period of time. But look, he played cautiously. I think he went with the tried and trusted. And look, if he had the chance again, I wonder whether he would have picked a slightly different team. Yeah, agreed. Thoughts on on an incident that occurred really early in the game. A lot of Arsenal fans, including myself, were really disappointed to see Mane escape that with a yellow card. Was it a red in your opinion or am I being biased? (laughs) You got your Arsenal specs on. No, I've seen a lot of talk about this and I get why Arsenal fans are, are not happy. Obviously, there was a foul before that where he went through one of the Arsenal players with Hector Bayer in, I think, early doors. And that could easily have been a yellow. It would have been a soft one, but it could have been. Um, for me, that wasn't a straight red. It's, it's just not enough. I, I know that, you know, that it was a slightly clenched fist. It's more of a wrist, wasn't it, that went into him. And I get that there was a little bit of a swing. Um, but for me, for me, it's not a red. But, but I do understand why Arsenal fans think that if it was the other way round... We might have not got the decision and Tierney might have been red carded. I'd like to think he wouldn't. But but yeah, no, in my humble opinion, I think it's an orange, slightly closer to a red than, than a yellow, but but not enough in my view. But look, I played in the 90s. Things were a bit <laughs> different back then. And it was, it, it was so early on in the game as well. And I feel like that maybe played a part as well. Maybe. I mean, look, I, I'd love love Mana to have been sent off because, I mean, he, I picked him out on the breakdown live as the man to watch in great form. He just gets into so many great areas, Sadio Mane, and I thought he was terrific on the night. He was very, very hard to contain. It would have made a big difference, obviously, to, to the game had that decision gone our way. But uh, it, it, it's one of those. I, I don't think it's blatant enough for us to be up in arms about it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there was a lot of talk about the midfield. We we spoke about the fact that Elneny was included alongside mm. Granite Xhaka. And Granite Xhaka, to his credit, has been pretty good under Mikel Arteta mm. for the most part. Did you feel, though, that last night Arsenal's midfield looked a little bit out of their depth? <laughs> it, it, but, you know, I, I just felt like Liverpool were... were obviously more mobile, busier, they were pressing harder. Mm. And I felt like when we did get the ball in midfield, we were unable to then turn that into anything significant. Do you, do you agree that they were found wanting a little bit last night? Yeah, I was talking about it, you know, on the show last night. As it happened, it was clear, wasn't it, for all to see that, that our central midfield was, was struggling. They were labouring. Um, it was three against two. So when, you, when you're when overloaded like that, it's difficult, really difficult. We saw Maitland-Niles tucking quite a lot on, on Naby Keita, but, but there was always that sort of spare man there. So they were caught between two stools. Obviously, Lacquer dropped in at times to pick up the deepest man to help them. But it was tough 
for them. But, but my main gripe with the midfield pairing last night would have been what they did with the ball. Um, and, and the long and the short of it is they didn't do a great deal with the ball. Um, very few passes. Couldn't really get their, their, their foot on the ball. And, and I looked at the, the stats afterwards and my eyes were telling me, I haven't seen too many progressive passes from Xhaka or, or El Nene, not successful ones anyway. Forward passes into the feet of a forward and take a look at their chalkboards in terms of their passing maps. It's it's all sideways and backwards, really, in terms of successful forward passes. Only one of note, really, from Xhaka, and that was in the build-up to the goal, you know, when he pink drills it into Lacazette. Other than that, it was really quiet, I thought, and, and El Nene did, did what he does, really, and he sort of kept things ticking over, but Neither man got on the ball and um, it took Ceballos to come on and, and show us what, what we were missing, really. I thought he was terrific um, as, a, as a, a substitute on the hour mark. And, and I guess, really, in a way, he, he showed up the performances of, of Xhaka and Elneny on the night. Yeah, for sure. He, he had a huge impact, really changed, gave us a dynamism, gave us a directness, gave us a purpose, didn't he? Well, he, he, he ran with the ball. He, he, he sometimes, he, he's not afraid to just take someone on. His first thought, Danny Sobias, is to go forward. And yes, he does have a lot of touches on the ball and he can hold on to it too long. And, and I get why some people are frustrated with him. I think sometimes he can definitely move it quicker. But last night we needed to have someone to put their foot on the ball and actually give the back five a breather. Cause it was a back five, wasn't it? Really, and yeah. and he just need we just needed someone to put their foot on it and control it, and, and take the sting out of it, and and thread it to one of our wide players or, or one of the forwards, and and just ease the pressure. And he did that, I thought, really well. So so look for me, that experiment didn't work, and and I would expect him to to play the next game. It just goes to show, doesn't it, though, what what fine margins there are in football? Because had Alexander Lacazette tucked away that chance, mm -hmm. two two, um, a draw at Anfield, and all of a sudden it's a Mikel Arteta masterclass. Those are the kind <laughs> of margins, though, at the top level, aren't they? That that can make or break a coach. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think we're at that stage with Mikel, but but yes, I totally agree. I think look, it's it's not an unfair result. Liverpool deserve to win. They're a superior team. They're, they're miles better than us. They're miles better than everyone in the Premier League, and I include Man City in that. They are the best team, and they'll more than likely win it again at a canter. This is the toughest game that we'll probably face all season. So there's no shame in, in this in this defeat. Um, we didn't have many shots. That was a frustration. We didn't have that that threat on the counter that we had in the Community Shield and and in those cup wins against City and Chelsea. We we struggled a bit, I thought, with our, our, our passing from, from back to front, passing throughout the team. And, and a lot of that is down to that midfield uh, unit sort of not functioning brilliantly. And and, and, and as always against Liverpool, we, we had to withstand a barrage, you know. They always have 20 or more shots, it seems, against us. And it was the same again. It was 20, 20 efforts on goal. It, it didn't surprise me. Um, we, to, to get a result, you have to ride your luck, stay in the game. And that, I think, is one of the big positives. Arsenal stayed in the game. Um, they improved the second half. They were more aggressive. Um, very quickly, first half, in short, too deep too passive, the units weren't working together and Liverpool could basically just do what they wanted and, and that yeah. meant that we had to absorb so much pressure. Second half, the simple change was basically up there. It was be aggressive, be assertive, squeeze those spaces between the defence and midfield, between the midfield and the attack, shrink it all up, 
we'll start winning the ball and from those turnovers we can start to get a foothold and and we saw that and it was it was better but but ultimately yeah it would have been a smashing grab i mean yeah. I, I i only just realized today that that the lacazette first one on one was offside yeah. because i i thought he'd had he'd had two golden chances it was only today that i found found that out and um but the other chance look, it was um it was a really good opportunity. Lovely pass, obviously. And I thought Lacquer did great to stay on side. For me, don't take that. It was a poor touch that slowed it down. And by slowing it down, it, it gave that half second for Allison to get himself in that proper position. For me, I think he's got to, when the ball is, is, is on his way to him, I think he's got to take a little glance up at the keeper and go early, low and hard. Catch him out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just go, go over an early one touch, one touch effort. By taking the touch, it allowed Allison to close that gap, and and that was why the the chance went big in. But but for me, it was a really good save as well. Um, excellent yeah, from Allison. It, it was, and you mentioned the first one that was offside. At, mm. at first glance, I didn't know either because obviously the linesmen are being directed now to keep their flags mm. down. Yeah, um, and you know, fortunately for Lacazette, that was offside because mm. it, that chip was, for me, <laughs> you, you don't do that at Anfield in a game so finely. Oh, uh, I want to put it into context because I had this down as my flashpoint for the breakdown. The breakdown is just up, by the way, on Arsenal's website. It's just come out tonight. Check it um, out, guys. Yeah. Um, I had it originally as my flashpoint because I thought I thought that was the moment. That was the first one-on-one. And and so I'd, I'd gone through the process of analysing it. And what, what a lot of people might not have realised was that it started with Lacquer tracking back from, from mm. centre-four position, f- tracking Fabinho all the way back to his own 18-yard box. Lacquer wins a tackle on the edge of our, our box, having sprinted 50 yards. And then he has to turn around and go all the way up the other end. And, of course, it, it caught Liverpool out because he ran from deep. But honestly... He would have been breathing heavy by the time he got to the goal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Lacquer a little bit of slack here and say that he was knackered when it came to that chip. Um, it was the wrong option. Again, I think look up and maybe go with an earlier chip over the keeper or to bend it round him would have been better. But look, it's it's so easy from where I'm we're sat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really so easy from where we're sat. I mean, yeah, when you're on that Anfield pitch, you know, Allison bearing down on you, it's it's much much tougher especially when he would have run 50 yards to get back and probably 70 yards the other way you know that's and I, you, I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna let him off you know that Virgil van Dijk is breathing down your neck as well you can, you <laughs> exactly can, you can forgive him to a degree yeah that's that's fair um, just a quick reminder guys if you haven't already um smash that like button if you're watching us on youtube subscribe to the channel if you're new we're fast approaching 10,000 subscribers on youtube alone which is incredible um so please do um hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and don't forget that this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. So if you want your uh, body hair to look as neat, as lush, hopefully not as green though, as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then uh, check out manscaped.com and uh, enter the uh, discount code, which is Chronicles AFC in capital letters. You'll see it across the bottom of your screens at the moment. Um, You'll get 20% off your order and you will get free shipping as well as supporting the podcast. So do uh, check that out. one final thing on last night's game, Adrian, mm. before we talk about what everybody wants to hear about at the moment, which is transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, Burn Leno. Mm. 
Now, I feel like Bern Leno's performances are being scrutinised even more so now because of the fact that Martinez did so well, because Arsenal have sold Martinez. We know that there was a financial motive behind that. Mm. Um, you know, Mikel Arteta basically said as much. Are you worried about Bern Leno going forward? Because to me, he doesn't look completely comfortable playing out from the back the way we're asking him to. Is that mm. a potential weakness in this Arsenal side? Um, look, I've looked back at the game. I've watched it again and... And yeah, look, we played out. We we took our chances. We we had the courage of our convictions to stick with it. It worked for the goal. Don't forget that the goal comes from from yep. playing out from the back. So and and we didn't lose any goals by playing out from the back. But I do I do accept that that we looked a bit shaky. I don't. I wouldn't put it down to Leno on on this particular occasion. I thought some of the defensive players dawdled on the ball a little bit and and delayed. And also we were up against one of the best pressing teams you could ever wish to see. So I think I, I wouldn't pin it on Leno last night playing out from the back. I think the biggest pro the bigger problem with Leno is dominating the area. Um, I, uh, we want to see him um, come out and be decisive in the way that Emi Martinez was. And, and maybe he hasn't reached that that level yet. Um, I think he's partially to blame for, for that goal where he, he sort of um, just pushes it into the path of, of Mane. Not not easy for him. Um, but I think if you can't catch that, you've got, to, you've got to almost double fist it outside your box, get some distance on it because he went to catch it and it slipped out. I, thought, I do think that was a partial error on his part. But for me, what I would like to see more of is him screaming at his defence, don't get too deep. For that third goal, for example, the ball gets rolled back. If you cast your mind back, the Jota goal, ball gets uh, rolled back from Salah, I think, to, to Arnold. When that happens, your back three has to has to squeeze up. You, what you normally do is you squeeze out, push up to the penalty spot and clear the decks for Leno to come out and claim, claim that cross. And that's what he would have done. But the, for me, there was no shout. So David Luiz stays stays put and he heads it and it's not the best header and, and, and shot is free to score. So, so yeah, dominating that area, communicating loudly. I, th I think those are two things that, that he needs to work on. And and look, with Leno, he, he's got, he should be pushing that back three up, especially in the first half when, when they kept dropping off and kept dropping. He should be screaming at them, get up, because... One thing Leno's got is he's got that speed off his line and he's yeah. got a high starting position himself. We didn't need to be anywhere near as deep as we were. I, David Luiz ultimately has that responsibility. So minor criticism for him. But Bern Leno as well, I think he should be screaming at him, push out, um, yeah. because that was a big problem for us on the night. For sure. Let's um let's come on to talk about uh, some of the potential transfers. It, it feels like we've been doing this. I think this is the third time we've done it <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, uh, All a couple of weeks apart and we're still talking about Hussein mm. Mawar. Same players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the deal is still not done. Now, we heard mm. on Friday night that Arsenal had made an offer that Leon said was below their valuation of the player. They rebuffed that offer straight away. Their president isn't one to keep it quiet. He, he <laughs> went on Twitter the next morning and he said Arsenal have, have made an offer, but it's nowhere near our valuation. Yeah. We understand that Arsenal are preparing to, to make another bid for Hussein Awa now. Is he someone that we could have done with last night, given what you were saying about the progression from the midfield in terms of forward passes? Yeah. Is he someone you look at now 
after that game and think even more so he is someone that could bring something we need to this team. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think he he would have fitted in really nicely. He, he's, yeah, he's got that spark. He, he'll go and press players. He'll get, he'll, he's got the energy to, to get involved and go and close people down and to nick the ball in good areas. And I think that's a really good trait to, to have. And, and 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 yeah, he's a very progressive passer. We know that, and and he'll look to release the the, the front guys with early quality passes. A little bit right, we saw from Sabias in the last half an hour. So yeah, he'll absolutely make a difference. I'm still a little bit unsure of where we're fitting because I don't know if he's an an orthodox central midfielder. Um, I still think he's better in a in a three from what I've seen of him. Obviously, I'm not going to pretend I've seen yeah. seen him every week, but because I haven't. But from what I have seen, he looks like he'd be better in a three. Um, would he be, you know, the number ten in a four two three one, or, or one of two AMs in a in a four one four one or four three three? So yeah, that's the that's the question mark. But I think let's get him and then let's work out the formation um, to, to fit um, to fit around. It's just it is a quandary for Arteta because because of David Luiz and, and and his need really to be part of a back three. It's it's tough. Is that going to supersede everything, or is he going to be bold enough to, to leave David Luiz out and go to a back four and then prioritise you know playing a, a much superior central midfield. I think a lot of fans are looking forward to seeing him at least try that. Yeah, I feel like last night, one of the, the things, and obviously we've spoken about it before, Liverpool mm. are far superior to Arsenal. But one of the problem areas for me was the fact that they had that extra body in midfield mm. and, and Naby Keita in particular really exposed the mm. spaces on the right-hand side in particular. Yes. And he went and ganged up with Salah and Alexander-Arnold and Xhaka and Elneny, they, they couldn't cope with that. Yeah. Plus Fabinho, plus Wijnaldum and it was a real problem. Oh, so, it was clever. Yeah, it was clever because, because it was on Aubameyang's side as well and, and they yeah. knew that Aubameyang would, wouldn't want to track back and, uh, you know, like a, like other players would. So yeah, it was, it was a good tactic. That's why we saw Maitland-Niles Come infield, Tierney was pretty much on on Salah the whole game, and and yeah, it was it was awkward when Alexander Arnold came forward because then it was like ah, what what do we do now? And yeah, it was it, it was a, it was a tough game, it really was. Yeah. But yeah, having a third body, I think in those big games in central midfield when you're up against the three, is is important. And and unfortunately, that we just don't have the personnel to do that at the moment in the in the manager's eyes. So um, yeah. look, if we can get our Fantastic. I mean, I've gone on record on this show on others saying, you know, how much I'd love to see him come. I think that'd be absolutely perfect for, for the team, for the philosophy, for, for the style of play that we've got. He'd be that missing link in terms of being the box to box midfielder that that we haven't got now that Aaron Ramsey's no longer with us. So, yeah, for so many reasons, he would be a, a key man moving forward if we can find the money. Yeah. That, and that's what it all comes down to. It's going to be a busy, busy week at Arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. And we're going to be bringing you guys our daily transfer update show, 4.30pm um, each weekday tomorrow. I'm delighted to say that Kevin Campbell will be joining me um, for that. Returning to the show after a while is Kevin. So KC, um, yeah, good yeah, luck, Kevin. Casey, yeah. Looking forward to, to talking to Kevin again. So come and join us for that tomorrow. Um I'm going to give you guys an opportunity now to get your questions in the live chat box. Um, put a cue at the beginning of them just so I can pick them out. I know there's a few in there already and I will come to those in just a moment. But first of all, I just mm. want to get your take, Adrian, on on this handball directive mm. because it's caused complete uproar 
in the last in this last weekend in particular we're giving penalties and you know i was commentating on the spurs game and i am no spurs fan by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> i think we know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but i was shocked that that was given as a penalty i couldn't believe that that was given against Eric Dyer. Have they, I know we've heard this evening actually that they're going to give mm. the referees a little bit more um, subjectivity, I think is the mm. word they, they yeah. were quoted as using. It's got to be done though, hasn't it? Because this is a yeah. farce. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's become a farcical situation. And and what it's what you know, what this, this rule change has done is, or will do, if we don't act now, it, we'll see players flicking the ball up towards arms and the, and, and the refs will be saying, well, look, we shouldn't give it, but we have to give it because it's it's hit his arm, and and that's the that's the rule. So yeah, something needs to change. I'm really really pleased that the Premier League are going to sort of take a slightly different viewpoint on it. It's it spoils the game, doesn't it? We don't want penalties deciding every single game. Football is football supposed to be hard to score, and and I, I just feel that a penalty is. I've always felt this. I've always felt that a penalty is too good a reward for many many of the decisions. That, that, that they're given for in terms of the fa- fouls, you know, right by the touch line, just on the corner of the box, you know, where, where the chances of scoring are minimal, but then you get a free shot from 12 yards. I think, yeah, it's, um, it, I even, I, this sounds a bit random, but I even said, I, I even said a, a year or two ago, maybe we should put the penalty spot back to 15 yards to make it a little bit tougher because, because it's so cheap to win a penalty these days. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm pleased to see um, the Premier League taking a slightly different attitude. It'd be interesting to see how the refs react to that um, moving forwards. My my other issue is is, is the monitors, because I, I like them going to see the monitors, but but it just looks so much worse, doesn't it, in, in slow motion. It, yeah. It's very rare that, that they go and look at that and then they decide, oh, no, that's, you know, in the context of full speed, that, that, that that's nothing. So um, yeah, that, for, yeah, it's really put put a sort of downer on the first few weekends of the season, in my opinion. And we have to we have to act now because it's a turn off for fans. A little bit the same as VAR was a turn off at the start of last season. Sort of getting better at that now. It's, yeah. it's not everyone's cup of tea, but but we don't want to be driving fans away from the game, away from watching um, at this point when we need fans more than ever. Clearly, yeah. uh, with the situation, so uh, yeah, they, they've got to change it. And I do think the fact that a number of managers have come out in and sort of spoken out about it is helping. Mm. It puts pressure on. And even mm. Steve Bruce, you know, who benefited mm. from it this weekend, was mm. very quick to say, I can understand why Spurs are upset, yeah. why Spurs are livid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, de- yeah, deliberate handball. Deliberate handball was always a diff- difficult term because I think it's very rare that a player deliberately handballs it. But then you can't have players that sort of have their arms hanging out there and and, and then they deny, well, it's not deliberate. He's, he's just blasted yeah. at me. So I, I get the fact that, that you, you've got to have a marker in terms of a silhouette of, of, of what's natural and what's not. But, um, but yeah, the, the dire one was a joke and, and, and many of the other ones were as well. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that this wave, this outpouring of negativity, and it is pretty much from every, anyone that likes football hates it. And, yeah. and look, if you're, if you're part of the refereeing fraternity, you're in charge at Stockley Park. Listen, listen to what people are telling you, because um, ultimately it will, it, will, it will be criticism of them that, 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 you know, that will come for them eventually. And it might be them that, that, that lose their jobs long term if, if football's impacted. 
Agreed. Let's uh, let's go over to the live chat box. We'll just pick up a few questions before we wrap it up. Um, obviously, tonight they're all for you, Adrian, so I'm going to let you take Okay, them. fine, <laughs> fine. Uh, they're all for you. Uh, Topher says, uh, if we are not going to sell Torreira or Genduzzi, should Arteta not find a way to utilise them? We are suffocating our depth ourselves by not selling them on or using them. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, look, if we, if we don't sell them, yeah, I would expect them to be reintegrated. I think what's happening at the moment, Mikel Arteta's made a decision, uh, along with the club, to say, right, this is the group I want to work with, and these are the players that I'm willing to, to sell. And to cause minimum disruption on a match day, because he's informed, clearly been honest with those guys and said, you're for sale, then he's keeping them out of the fray. Now, if if that doesn't happen, I mean, this is all I'm guessing, but, but this is common situations inside football clubs. If for some reason um, no agreements are made and the window passes by, then it's Mikhail's got an awkward conversation and he's got to go back cap in hand, I guess, to these guys and say, look, we've got an option here. If you can sit sit on the sidelines and wait until the next transfer window or, and this is my preferred option, I'll bring you back into the fold. And if you if you're good enough, as Xhaka has proved, as various others have, have proved, if you're good enough, I'll reintegrate you into the team. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, let, let's. I think at the moment it's one of those, you're either in or you're out. And those two guys are kind of out at the minute, but that can change. Yeah, agreed. And we, we've seen it change with players before, like you said. So mm, Most of the times, yeah. yeah exactly. And you've got to have a thick skin in football. You have to. And look, I think Terrera and Grandusi, maybe the, maybe they'd be happier getting a move as well because things have not worked out as as planned for them. So so look, yeah, it's it's one of those situations. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if um, there aren't takers for the pair of them because on their day when they're at it, two good players. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, this one comes from uh, 95 Winston. I know your answer to this, mm -hmm. but for the benefit of the mm -hmm. listeners, um, would Adrian mm -hmm. prefer Partey or a while? Mm -hmm. Me personally, I want both. Winston, yeah. we're not... We, 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 we all love both, but I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that's going to happen. But Adrian, right. you've got to pick one. I'm still dreaming of both. I really am, especially with the Torreira link to Atletico. It seems to me, come on, guys, if they want Torreira and we want party, yeah, surely we can come up with a way. Um, uh, I, yeah, I did a piece with Amy Lawrence for, for the Athletic. Um, she called me up and, and spoke to a number of ex-players, asked this very question. And I said I want both, but I said if you you know you had to choose, it would be our our because um, because of the reasons I've outlined: the lack of creativity in the side, the lack of a box-to-box -box midfielder that can join in and cause chaos inside the box. Basically, we need to score more goals. We need to have more shots on goal. We need to create more chances, and and our I think will will definitely help us do that. Um, party is is great in in other areas and and you know it's a 51 percent 49 percent split in my own head so it's a it's a real toughie tough one. yeah yeah they'd both be great really would it is a tough one indeed who's um, yours then i've throughout this transfer window i've been saying thomas party yeah. um because I, I just felt like for when i've looked at this arsenal side for years and years and years mm. it's always been we lack that powerhouse in midfield. We lack that box-to-box -box player who, you know, Aaron Ramsey was a box-to-box -box player, but the defensive side of the game, mm. as much as he had the energy, wasn't his game. No. And I look at Thomas Partey and I just think this is someone who can do both. Yeah. Uh, my understanding of the situation is that the release clause that Thomas Partey has 
it requires a, a, an offer of 50 million euros in a one-off payment for that mm. to be triggered. And that's why when people talk about Torreira potentially going the other mm. way, I'm sure there would be some workaround where, mm. whereby Atletico would give us some money for Torreira and then we put it straight back into the deal. Mm. But mm. I think that's probably why Atletico are less open to selling him than Leon are with a war. I feel like mm. Leon are more willing to take a 35, 40 million pound sort of transfer with some of that being made up in installments than Atletico mm. would be. And that yeah. comes from the fact that Atletico uh, in European football are a, a bigger club. They're a, a, more of a powerhouse. They've had better financial sort of mm. standard in the last few years, getting to Champions League finals, etc. I feel like Leon are a little bit more desperate and it might just be an easier deal to do. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Yeah, look, he'd be, he'd be like a throwback to, to Gilberto Silva and, and Vieira in, in some ways. So, yeah, he's, he's, I'd love to see him. He, he would make a tremendous difference. He would make just as big a difference as, as our, but, um, but yeah, you asked me for a choice. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just finally, we'll pick up this one uh, from Inzo. He says, are Partey and Awa alone enough? I think he's trying to say, from what we see, we need to set, step up in every department. We saw Liverpool outclassed us yesterday, so we need more in future windows. So mm. I'm going to slightly add to this question mm. and say, once we assuming we do get our midfielder, what's the next position that you would be looking at and saying, got to address that? Oh, it's tough. It really is. I think, I think that... We could probably still do with a centre half, is my honest opinion. I think that that Gabriel is is the future, clearly, but David Luiz isn't long term. Saliba, we don't know. We haven't seen him in in, in the shirt really yet, so we'll have to hold fire on that. Maybe one more um, because Rob Holding, as, as we've said, seems to have a free run at that right side centre half at the moment. So that's one one position. Um, I would also say centre forward, and that's not because I don't like Lacazette or Enketi. I really like both of them, but but you know, top clubs can have four strikers, can't they? And 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 what if one of the, we've got Martinelli obviously waiting in the wings? Ober can play up top, but I do feel that that another you can never have too many good strikers, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so so someone that's that's hot, up and coming, hungry, and willing to able to slot in and and compete, I guess. With those two, Lacazette and Nketiah, that would be good. I mean, player I've liked for a while is the Celtic player, Odson Edward, and um, I know that he's he has been linked before. That's the profile that I think Arsenal are possibly looking for in the centre-forward position. Um, because look, if something happens to Lacazette, would we really be comfortable going with Eddie for the whole season as, as number nine? It's For me, I think we, we are a bit light in that position. So, But look, I think we might have to wait until January for that one. Yeah, agreed. Right, guys, now comes the point in the show where you spam the chat box by letting us know where it is you are joining us from. Uh, we're going to give you a quick reminder of how you can become a patron of the show. Um, if you wish to, of course, you could support the podcast for £3 per month by going over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. You will receive exclusive content, priority on the fans show, priority when submitting questions to our experts and a gift after three months of membership. So check that out if you fancy it. Right, um, let's go over to the live chat box and see mm. uh, where people have been joining us from. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Demi's joining us from the USA. Uh, Surya's in Dubai. Um, Carrie is in Espo, Finland. Hugo's in <laughs> Vancouver. Love it. Um, Kofi's in Preston. Uh, 
uh, Kieran is in rural Ireland, not Ireland, <laughs> rural Ireland. <laughs> rural Ireland, yeah, in the sticks, yeah. Exactly. Um, Jay is in Moscow. Wow. Um, Philip is joining us from Lagos, Nigeria, Abu Dhabi, Washington, D.C., Mumbai, Nairobi, <laughs> Southeast London, um, Slough, Trinidad and Tobago, wow, Tijuana, wow. Uh, New Zealand, Sweden. Mm. All over the place, center of the universe. From uh, <laughs> it's making me because I can't really go anywhere at the moment. You know, obviously these restrictions and whatnot. So, yeah, hearing all that, all those destinations, just makes you think. Oh, I'd like to go there. I'd like to go there. So, yeah, once all this nonsense is over, hope, yeah, plenty of traveling. I think it'd be yeah. very exciting. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> won't Marzo take Hill. it for granted again. Won't take it for granted again. Muswell Hill. I used to live there. Yeah, fantastic, lovely Down part of London. Road down the road great fish and chip shop toffs if you haven't been there check it out um idaho usa calgary upstate new york wow incredible stuff marks in wales as well um so thank you guys for tuning in that brings us to the end of another show like i said we'll be back tomorrow with another transfer update show uh, between 4 30 and 5 p.m ish um, and we'll be joined by kevin campbell so come and join me for that one until then um Take care. Stay safe. Adrian, thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, check pleasure. out Adrian's breakdown as well over on Arsenal.com now as well for his expert analysis, which is um, which is always a pleasure to watch. <laughs> so until next time, take care. Ciao. <laughs>